Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Making money is art and working is art and good business is the best art. That's a quote by Andy Warhol. And hello, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to The Profitable Photographer. And I'm your hostess, Lucy. <laughs> and I want to let you know that my marketing mastermind group has about five openings right now. And I would absolutely love to jump on a quick chat and tell you more about it, learn more about you. So if you go to the profitablephotographerpodcast.com, you'll see the contact link there and you can just send me a little message or you can call me or you can skywrite or <laughs> however you want to communicate to get in touch with that. So my guest today is somebody that we've known each other in similar circles, but not ever really had a great conversation. So I'm really excited to get to sit down with Seishu, who is a portrait photographer and has a business in Connecticut called Connecticut Headshots, which I think is a, a really great name. <laughs> he serves the marketing and communication departments in medical, real estate, financial, and many other types of businesses. And he loves helping busy executives and small business owners project a positive presence for their clients and their peers. He comes from a photojournalistic background, which leans heavily on adapting quickly to changing scenarios, but still able to find the right moment. And I know we'll talk more about that and other good stuff. So hello, Seishu. Thanks for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. A really, a real pleasure and an honor to be on your show. I've heard great things about it, and uh, it's it's definitely a great time to chat. Thank you. Same here. Uh, so, where did you come from? What's your background that led you to be where you are today? Oh, I've been I've been in this business for about twenty years, twenty two years maybe. Um, I started out as a as a history major in college and quickly found myself, you know, applying for journalism schools instead, because I, I didn't really think that I would end up wanting to be a historian full time. I really wanted to be out there and meeting people and connecting with people and learning stories from people and in, in their lives as they are living it today. And uh, I was really excited to, to really pursue a journalism background. So I really wanted to go to journalism school, and I, and I did. I went to Indiana University um, uh, for a graduate degree in journalism. And, but before that, I, I was in Japan studying Japanese and because I was thinking of becoming a historian, focusing on Japanese history and, uh, and things like that, and I needed to learn the language. But what happened was I, you know, a friend of mine in, in the same program that I was in there uh, invited me to to become a part of the a camera club in the in the university. Well, clubs are very, very big in uh, university systems in, in Japan. And this camera club uh, was one where, you know, there was a lot of activity. And uh, this guy said, hey, come and, come and join the camera club. I, and I had known something about photography, I'd done some photography in high school. But it was only after, you know, really four years of going to college and then going to Japan that I, I started thinking, okay, well, maybe I should pick up my camera again and start working, you know, just walking the streets and becoming a street photographer. Mm -hmm. So I got my start really as a street photographer in Japan. That's, how, that's what got me hooked. And long story short, I ended up going to Indiana University to study journalism, but I, I decided to focus on photojournalism there. Mm. So that's how your background uh, when you say background in photojournalism came to be. So how does, because when I think of headshots and I have to say, say shoot, it's hard for me to say headshots 
because I've worked really hard to call them executive portraits. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Shooting people in the head, you know, is a like one of those words like um, should that, you know, I've tried to get the word should out of my vocabulary and gone go with could and so forth. But I know it is a term that's really useful for the community you're serving. So I just had to say that out loud as I just wince a little bit. Oh, I'm over it. <laughs> so you know, how to be honest with you, Lucy, I, I do do uh, change between headshots and business portraits quite often. I, huh? and I use it almost in the same sentence so that people understand it's the same thing that they're right. Really right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, 100% sold on the idea of calling it headshots, although it's, it's a term that, that falls from or comes from, you know, Los Angeles, probably, or New York, right. where actors needed what they were calling headshots, really, for their uh, rehearsals or whatever, right? auditions. Yeah, um, well, it's a common phrase. I just was yeah. uh, let, letting you in a little about the like, ooh, that little wince thing, but it's your business name and it works for you. And clearly it's like, oh, what does he do? Headshots executive portraits, business portraits, branding portraits. So yeah, <laughs> no, nothing negative on it. You know, it, it's a, it's, a, it's all about branding what we call things. So, yeah. So how I'm curious about how photojournalism helps with an executive portrait, because to me, okay, someone's sitting in front of my camera for something where they're looking at me, my first instinct is like, well, how does photojournalism, which is about catching those moments as they happen, help you be a better photographer with studio portraits? You know, the, the, the easiest answer that I could come up with really is that photojournalism, photojournalism is about photographing events as they are taking place, but it's also about being in places where there are people who may or may not want you to be there. So you have to be of a certain mindset and certain project a certain body language so that they understand that you are not a threat. And I think it, it, it translates really well for me at least when I work with my clients that they understand that it's I'm looking out for them, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there to guide them into expressing themselves in, in a natural way. And it's that goal that I, I specified to them in the beginning of a session. I say, listen, this is a, this is a photo session for you. Uh, and it's for your clients uh, and it's off you, but I, I've got to get to know you to a point where you let your guard down. And it's only in those moments that are, the photographs are, or the portraits are really, really powerful. Mm. And they get that. Yes. They, they get that after you know the first few minutes you know, of, of, of any conversation. Literally, I can go back and look at all my uh, photo shoots from this year and last year. And every single person just walks in and says, I don't like being photographed. I don't like, I, the, you're gonna have, your camera is gonna break after you take pictures of me. I mean, yeah, I've heard, <laughs> You've, you've heard of the, of the oh, yeah. expressions, right? And these are people who are nervous about being photographed because, because they've been treated badly in the past. Put it simply, I mean, their experience in the, in the past, whatever, whoever it was that they worked with was, was not what made them feel comfortable. So my mindset from the get-go, from the minute they walk into my, my studio is to really focus on their comfort level first. Mm. If they're not comfortable, I know we're gonna be spending hours trying to get photographs because they're not they're not gonna let their guard down. They're not. Yes. And that's a big problem because I mean they are busy people. They wanna they really I mean if, if left to their own devices, they'd like to come in and stand in front of a backdrop and and just look at me and you know grimace and, and take have me take some pictures and walk out. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, but I explained to them, this is not the DMV. This is not the AAA. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is, this is a, a process of collaboration where 
we're going to be interacting with each other. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to answer. You're going to have a conversation about your life, your kids, your dog, whatever, you know, and we're going to get you to a point where you are expressing yourself in, a, in, a, in an authentic manner that is going to project well for your clients. I mean, this is, and I tell my clients, I said, please, these photographs are off you, but they're not, they're not for you. They're for your clients. They're for your clients to see who you are and how real you are and how approachable you are and confident about what you can offer them so that they can do business with you. And if, they, if you don't have that ability to, and if you look uncomfortable, no one's going to come and do business with you. Right. Or they, they might, or they might because they have heard of you or whatever, but you're not giving them an opportunity to I really get to know who you are. Right. So if I could summarize and put my own little spin on this is photojournalism is about capturing an authentic moment. And so what you're doing is you create an environment and an experience for them so that they relax enough to give you an authentic moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. something that I learned um, a while ago about the face, there was a PBS special about the face of all things. And what I learned is there's 80. What I learned is that there's 50 muscles in the face. Did you know that, Seishu? I did. Yes. And that each thought moves a muscle. And they showed like two people smiling and one looked fake and one looked real. And then they explained how the muscles around the eyes and the ones that pull from the corners of our eyes, from the corners of our mouth to the corners of our eyes, those two are involuntary and they won't move unless we feel something. But the movement of those is what communicates trustworthiness or whatever we're feeling. So what I'm hearing, and this is something I humbly will say I'm really awesome at too, <laughs> is helping people connect with us so that they're giving us natural expressions. And then for you as a photojournalist, when you see that moment, when there's a realness to it, you you click the shutter. Do you relate to that? Do you think I'm on track with that? You are 100% correct. Absolutely. So I was going to ask what your superpower is, but I have a feeling we've already uh, covered that, which is putting people at ease and helping them understand that this is, I don't know if you've used this, but I'm guessing sometimes you might say it's not a fashion show. You're not a a model trying to get a job, you know, in, in trying to get a commercial or something. This is to communicate to clients, as you said, that that they can know, like, and trust you. So, um, yeah, no to wonder. To a certain extent, here. Lucy, I think I do. I, I do. I don't. I don't say what this is not what it's about. I usually like to focus mm -hmm. on what it is about. And right. Um, you know, if if they end up feeling like they're at a fashion show and they're feeling good about it, I'm, I'm it's not up to me to say no. It's not a fashion show. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. I think I want them to feel continue to feeling to be feeling really positive and and good about the experience, uh, whatever it is that they're they've told themselves uh, when, when they're in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. So I, I focus on. I ask them literally, like, who's this for, and where is it going to be used, and how it's going to be used, and what kind of a, what kind of a response are you looking for? You know, I think a lot of times we we are sort of forced to do something without you know really thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, my boss told me to have my photo. I'm like, why? Why would your boss to ask you to come in for your headshot session? And after a, some some digging, it's usually like, oh yeah, we, you know, we're, we're putting together this, you know, $20 million proposal that, you know, we need photographs of all the team leaders. I'm like, of course, then now, now we know why, right? Yes. We, we've got, a, we've got a, a real reason, a real purpose behind what we're doing. And then 
all I say is focus on that $20 million, you know, (laughs) see that, see that that's what's, that's what's coming in, in about two weeks after the proposal goes out, because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work hard on creating a winning portrait for you that projects a confident and approachable and a, and a, a business open kind of system for you and your, your team. And, you know, once you, again, it, it does take a little bit of time. It does take a little bit of dialogue and conversations back and forth as to what is going on for my clients to go, yeah, okay, this is why I'm really here. It's a mindset shift. I tell yeah. them, you know, we are going to need to shift your mindset from it being, oh, it's a picture of me to, no, it's a portrait of me that really is going to make a difference to my clients. Right, right. right. That is awesome. And I know that that must be one of the reasons you're sought after and successful in this is because you're, you're keeping in mind the, the reason for it, not just, I'm going to take a nice photograph of somebody, but just like with family portraits or anything else, when we have our why and our why for the client, then I don't know, it has more authenticity, it has more yeah, that little something special. So I have a question before we move on to some questions about the business of headshot photography. Are there trends and styles in executive portraits, either lighting, backgrounds, vertical, horizontal, indoor, outdoor? Like you've been doing this a while now. So yeah, I've been I've been doing this since two thousand nine, and. And I've seen, I mean, yeah, my, my own work has definitely improved over time, thankfully. And, um, you know, if I can name drop here, I, you know, obviously I'm going to have to thank folks like Peter Hurley, you know, who's, who's uh, like a giant in this field. Uh, but there are others, you know, there are folks like Michael Shack and Mike Sansoni in Chicago who are amazing at the business side of things and mm-hmm. are super, super nice guys. Uh, you know, who've taught me so much. And then, more, you know, even locally in Connecticut, there's some amazing photographers. You know, here's the thing. There, there's going to be some competition for sure. You know, we, we're all competing for, you know, we're all competing, period. But, but it doesn't mean we, we stop being human beings to each other, you know. Right. So I think that's what I'm going to take away from all the, all the conversations that I've had with other photographers. And uh, I'm in a couple of different groups. And Seriously, the, the the camaraderie that's there has really, really helped me yeah. you know, propel my business. I really can't thank everybody enough to, you know, for making this happen. You know, I think of the, the guy who helped me rebuild my website, uh, Richard Wayne. What a guy. What an amazing guy. Mm. You know, and just he would put me at he would put me on the spot. He, he definitely challenged me. Um, so I have to thank him for that as well. Because when I first approached him, and it's a small little side story, when I first approached him, he he said, "Hey, Seishu, do you ever photograph people on a white background?" Because I had, I didn't have anything, any examples of people photographed on a white background. And once he said that, now what I do is I photograph people on both a white background as well as a darker background, whether okay. it's gray or black. So I now have options for my clients, and I have options for my portfolio. And so I have to thank Richard for this, you know, really. Uh, if it wasn't for him to put his foot down and say, listen, man, you don't have anything here to show that I can't, I can't add anything to the website without you having this in your portfolio, I wouldn't be where I am. So mm. props to Richard. You know? Yes. So. so I loved hearing all that information about some of your influences, people that have supported you. My real question was about trends and styles of photography. Ah in the industry because right. in you know since the dawn of time meaning maybe the 70s there's been a style of, of a vertical headshot with a painted background with maybe a little hair light if the photographer is doing their job right and three to one ratio boom and i see different things now so do you think that there are styles and trends that separate people? To, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I think the, there's, 
you know, it's like any any industry, any any subgenre within an industry. It's definitely evolving. Uh, you've got people uh, bringing in uh, constant light sources now, using constant light sources on the main subject and flash on the background, or constant light sources all through, you know, front and back. You know, mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a mixed bag in terms of what's happening in the in the industry. I think it all comes down to what gear is available to people. Um, some, of, some of these constant light sources are pretty darn expensive in terms mm -hmm. of, of a, an outlay for somebody who's just starting out. And I would probably say, hold off on that until you have a real business that you, you've built. I personally photograph using flash and I, I'm really comfortable using flash, whether it's um, you know, indoors or outdoors, I feel like that's going to be sort of my thing. I'm not sure I'm going to be, you know, really swaying into the, the constant light sources, the LED lights that are available mm -hmm. now. I mean, there's some amazing and beautiful work being done and for sure. Um, and, and, and to answer your question directly, yes, there, there's definitely a shift in trends. Uh, there's more of a push for photographs to be photographed horizontally, the landscape orientation. Um, and then giving clients the option to cropping that photograph um, as a vertical if that's what they want to mm -hmm. use it. Um, thanks to you know LinkedIn and uh, Instagram, uh, there's a there's a big push for square photographs. Mm -hmm. So you know does that that's definitely an option that I offer my clients when they walk in. I give them um, you know multiple options in terms of how their photographs are are cropped mm -hmm. and. Clients love that. You know, they just say, well, this is great. I, I don't right. have to do anything. Right. Everything is provided for me. Yes. So I'm always thinking whether it's a whether it's a lighting trend or a backdrop trend or or a clothing trend, it's always important, in my opinion, to think about what how the how the clients are gonna receive those photographs and how they're gonna use those photographs. How is it gonna benefit them? Um, if if it's not gonna be a benefit to them and you know you know, it's, it's purely experimental in that sense. Um, yeah. And it's okay to play. It's okay to definitely say, Hey, listen, you've got those safe shots and you're, you're definitely super happy with the photographs that I've, I've produced for you so far. Uh, I want to try something different now, you know, and I do that, you know, uh, when we have time and the client's not rushed, I definitely, you know, start thinking about other options. Thank you. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I have seen a lot more horizontal and more solid background rather than the painted like art backgrounds mm -hmm. as more modern and much fresher. I, I like how you do a little off center with the horizontals and, yep. and it's easy to do a vertical or a square, you know, a lot of squares come in. Um, so, so I love how, when I ask you a question, Seishu, you're going deeper than the original surface uh, question. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So let's talk about the business. Um, I know you have hot tips for having a profitable business. Why don't we go there? So let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah. You know, when you'd asked me to think about those tips, I, I made a mental note of it and then I wrote it down. I would say, I think the first tip I would probably impart to all of you listening in is uh, work with the right clients, spend the time finding them the right clients and, and qualifying the right clients and bring those folks in. Uh, they're going to serve you well as much as you serving them well. I think that's definitely something I'd recommend. Mm -hmm. And how do you find the right clients? What are some marketing things that work well for you? I know that's like, oh, how many days do we have to talk about marketing? But right, yeah, I think when it, yeah, this is this is a this is a huge huge topic, and uh, you know, the first few years of being in business, I took on everybody, any and really any any kind of photography that I wanted to do, and. To a certain extent, that's fine. I think you know it works um, because you're learning and you're understanding what it is that you enjoy doing, and um, you want to spend time pursuing that which you are most comfortable 
producing, you know, for sure. Uh, to answer your question, uh, you know, yeah, a very simple way of finding the right clients is, I think, putting the right kind of work out mm-hmm. into the world, right, and, see, and seeing who responds to it, mm-hmm. and and once you start working with one or two of the those right clients, you can trust that one of two of their friends are also the right clients for you. Okay. And I think word of mouth is what has helped my business grow over the last nine, 10 years. And I used to be very shy about sharing my work, which was kind of weird, right? I mean, we're a, such a visual people and given the tools that we have right now with social media, we, we really should be out there sharing like, okay, here, here are some photographs that we've just finished for this company or that company or this person or whatever. But I was terrible at it. You know, I was not very confident about my work and I wasn't very confident about how my work would be perceived. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've learned that and I've discovered that obviously, you know, we were all starting at a single point in time in our journey as photographers, we are going to get better over time as we continue working at it. So I keep reminding myself that it's okay to share. It's okay to tag people. It's okay to tell people like, okay, here I exist. I'm, I'm happy to help you. Right. And, you know, so I think, I think going back to how do you find the right clients? It's, it's a long process. It's not a, it's not like you click your fingers and tomorrow they're going to be all lined up. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be something that is going to take time. And uh, I think it comes down to the way you message or I message myself in, into mm-hmm. the world. And I think mm-hmm. when you, when you are, um, when you're genuinely out there to, to produce work that they'll make an impact on somebody else's life. And it's really about more about your clients versus mm-hmm you, um, I think there's something, there's a shift that takes place. Uh, at least it's taking place for me. And I'm really thankful for that, you know, because it's not a, it's not a, it's not overnight. I mean, it's really right. taken me a good long time to figure that out. Um, and, you know, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's the first step and I'm, yes. I'm still working at it. I'll be yes. honest with you. I haven't, I haven't got the Magic I haven't got a to sell or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> to, to tell yeah. you all. Like, right. look, this is how you find the right clients. Yes. Uh, it, it is evolving and it's it's about engagement. It's about honest engagement. It's about just being just being a good human being, I think mm-hmm. helps. Uh, being out there to you know to listen to conversations that you know people are having about whatever's challenging them and just lending a lending a year to them and uh, you know whether it's on the phone or on, on a text message back and forth whatever mm-hmm. it is you know yeah and it's a slow process you know because you spent you know, I mean if you spend 10 minutes with somebody on text message back and forth and then you jump on a phone call or a zoom call or whatever you've made a connection there and they're likely to remember both how you've engaged with them as well as the kind of information that you've shared with them. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's possible that they're going to tell other people about you, you know? Right. So I want to highlight something that you said that seems to come up from my coaching clients that they have like a big aha at some point in our, in our journey together as a coacher and a coachee. Um, what you said about, it's about them. It's so many times in my experience as a coach, people start out worrying about, am I good enough? Uh, you know, I'm insecure. I'm shy. I'm, I'm afraid to receive money, whatever might be some of those natural blocks, especially for artists as we're creating something, hoping somebody likes it to that shift that you mentioned where it's about them. It's about service. It's about giving. And when we do that, we get outside of our own fears and concerns and figure out ways to make people's lives a little better, make their businesses better, make their relationships with their kids 
better from a family portrait or a little more love in their world or beauty. Mm-hmm. So I really like that you said that. And I think what you also hit on is when you're doing that, people feel that and you become a magnet for success. You can do all the things. I like that modern expression, all the things. But if your energy, your personality, your willingness to give, your enthusiasm, all of those things are not kind of lit up, then people don't hire you. Would you agree with that? You know, Lucy, I, I, I long believed that attitude uh, is such an important part of what we do as photographers. You can't go into an event or even engage with a person uh, when it comes to headshots if your attitude is, is negative. And I think, yeah. I think that is like the very first step in whatever you want to do. I mean, and given that we are all in the, in the business of, of working with people, our attitudes need to be in check. And uh, you and I know Steve Saparito, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name drop my friend Steve here. Yes. I went to one of his workshops um, and I, I can remember distinctly the way I was sitting on the couch because when he started talking, my hands <laughs> were wrapped around me. Like I was like, uh-uh, uh. I can't believe a <laughs> word this guy said. And, and then two hours later, I was, I was just eating everything up because it, it's just the way he presented himself. And the one thing that stuck from his, that conversation, I can remember vividly, he said, because I was, I was in a very negative uh, mindset at that time about the business side of things. I was just mm. almost desperate because I was like, what's going on with the wedding world? I, I mean, I was a wedding photographer for a while too. And I was like, what's going on? And, and one thing he said is that opportunities are everywhere. Mm. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I, that is my, that is my mantra for, ever now because I feel like and I don't look at uh, engagement with people as an opportunity you know in the sense you know it's not it's not a it's not an exchange in that in that sense but it's an opportunity to serve right so Steve I took the we we weren't in the same workshop I don't think but I took Steve Saparito's workshop as well and his, he's been on my podcast um, mm-hmm. probably maybe six months ago or so. Okay. And it, it's been a very popular one. And he taught me something I was already doing, but he taught me to do it deeper, which is to help people connect emotionally mm-hmm. with the reason mm-hmm. and okay. stay with that and not get caught into numbers and inches and right those details but to make that that connection with them and for them to make that connection with their life and um so yeah we um i forgot about the opportunities are everywhere part of that workshop and yeah i have to do another show with steve and have him talk more about that. So, all right. So what other yes. hot tips? That was great. I'm calling this tip number three so, now because I just put number two <laughs> as opportunities are everywhere. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> so what's number three? Sure. We, we'll, let's go with it. Let's go with that. Um, I, I would say the, the, this, this, the third tip I, would be to know your numbers. Mm. And as, a, as a business owner, you should know where you stand in terms of your monthly revenue, uh, monthly expenses. Um, yes. Because that can get you into trouble very quickly if you don't. Mm-hmm. And it has gotten me into trouble. So there's a there's a public confession right there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it is, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I think we, we can all get wrapped up in uh, all kinds of new gear and understanding that we need to buy this and that and the other thing for our business. But over time, I've, I've come to understand and, and accept the idea that um, less is more in terms mm-hmm. of the gear. Yes. There's definitely a, 
a part of me that uh, likes the challenge of being able to do something with with just one lens and one camera and one light yeah. possible. Right. Um, and maybe one reflective, you know, something like that. And it's definitely doable. I mean, you can, we can run a whole headshot business with just those three, four things, you know? Yeah. Um, do you want, do you watch um, the profit with Marcus Lamanus? I have watched several episodes. Yes. So he always talks about know your margins, know your margins, meaning yep. uh, if we're selling a, 30 by 40, what does that actually cost us? Yep. So if it's costing us $400, we can't charge $500 for it. Right. We right. have to mark up. And then also knowing the, the other expenses involved, but yeah, knowing well in yep. Shark Tank as well, they always talk about knowing your margins. So yeah, knowing your numbers, uh, funny um because Seishu I've been in this business 39 years yikes and when it was mostly men there were a lot of very fine photographers that went out of business because they overspent on equipment and in this era now I discovered that some of the issues with women especially who are doing newborns and children is that they're spending tons on props and tutus and baskets. And somebody said, oh, I spend like $20,000 a year on props. And I'm like, oh, so, so, you know, and not to stereotype women do this and men do that, but it just isn't, it, as this has become more of a balanced industry, there are different things that we can be in spending our money on that aren't directly bringing income into our pocket. So I love that you mentioned that. Uh, so do you have a number four? Uh, actually, you already touched on number four, which is to price your products uh, for profit. I think mm. it's an important one. Uh, we forget that we spend a good deal of time, you know, creating these photographs, of course, but there's also the time engaging with the client, uh, retouching the photograph, you know, delivering or the, the the actual files or printers whoever they might be and then the products themselves need to be delivered somehow and i've always you know if it's a a portrait family portrait client um here in in town i always deliver the the photographs to their homes uh -huh. because it's, it's another nice little touch point i think that that and that might be also another steve separito idea if i'm not mistaken mm. um uh, at some point he, he said hey you know if you're you're creating this artwork for your families you might want to just get out there and, and, and deliver the, the the photographs to them and and maybe even help them install it you know right. i think that's a great idea so yes. I, coming back to the pricing of the products though i think uh you know you're right just way too many people think that you know a hundred dollar uh profit so-called profit on on a four hundred dollar item is is enough or sufficient and it's it's not uh, right so definitely think about how you are pricing your products uh, because you don't you know here's the thing lucy um and i've seen this happen time and time again about uh, in, in in the wedding photography market especially because you know people tend to want to offer albums wedding albums for instance but they price them so low just to get the get the job you know and then they find themselves sitting and you know <laughs> working on on editing and then designing these wedding albums, it takes months for them sometimes. And right, and it's it's it, all that time has got to be accounted for somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the smartest ones have figured out that number one, you should be outsourcing some of that possibly, mm -hmm. uh, and and just getting it done and getting it out of the getting it out to the clients because they they the the faster your clients are seeing your the photographs that you created for them, the better it is for your marketing in a way, because they are doing, they're going to be out there talking about you and how quickly you got, you have your wedding albums done uh, or your just family portraits done, you know, on their walls right away. Right. Uh, so definitely find opportunities to outsource if you can, mm -hmm. um, but you have to price things accordingly. I mean, if you've outsourced right. something and it's costing you, you know, 30 bucks, for instance, you know, you're, 
your photographs have to be multiples of that that'll make sense ultimately for you, right? Right. And a little, put a little asterisk on that. Pricing with a multiplication factor in our industry is not a thing. <laughs> Unless it's a, a minimum. Like I don't sell anything for less than three times the cost, but I might sell it for 20 times the cost or a thousand times the cost. It just depends on my goals, my clients, what the traffic will bear, the profit that I need, you know, what it costs to right. run the business. Right. So unlike, let's say, uh, I don't know, a boutique where they do a three times markup or something that there's, we're creating the art and we have to be paid for the creation time, not just the hard cost. And, and, you know, that varies other tips. Thank you. Well, for I've, got, that. I've got one last tip for you, Lisa. Okay. I think, and this is something I think you'll you'll probably enjoy. And it's something I think you and I have talked about in the past. Um, it's the idea that you should, as a as a business person, learn to sell. I think if you are uncomfortable selling or you're an introvert like I am, uh, there are ways of getting around that introversion. I guess is if that's the word mm -hmm. uh, to be still in service to your clients because the more you're in service to them and that's all that matters because the sale will come okay? right um and i think i'm, I'm stealing my friends uh, my friend chris scott's words when i say you know when when when, when he talks about in-person selling or in-person ips uh, he says it's I, ips stands for in-person service oh. and i love that i love that about the way you're, again, it's all about mindset. We talked about mindset before. And the attitude that you bring to any kind of a, an exchange or a, you know, a way of you, you being there for your clients, you're there for your clients through and through. Be there for them, for their service. And, Love it. And if you, are, if you have the right attitude and the right mindset and the right intention, you don't have to worry about money. Money will flow. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I do think we have to learn systems, like oh, of course. Learn, learning how to sell, especially for an introvert, you know, what the system is, what the step-by-step, -step, how to build that relationship, how to become the trusted advisor, mm -hmm. and even an effective system for sitting down in the sales room with them or online and walking them through step-by-step step, how they make their selections in a way that creates the sales you want and helps them make wonderful choices that they're going to treasure for lifetimes. So absolutely. Those are awesome tips and we could just keep on talking, I'm sure. And I could be like <laughs> scooping up more and more great thoughts out of your brain here. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Yeah, um, it's, so it's always I, a pleasure to talk to other photographers. Yeah. So I have two more questions for you. So sure. the first one is, how do we get in touch with you oh, or look at your work, you know, learn more about you, et cetera? Ah, yes. Uh, well, I would say the first stop would be ConnecticutHeadshots.com. Connecticut all spelled out. Um, mm -hmm. It's a long state name, but um, it is what it is. I um, would welcome anybody and everybody looking to understand how a headshot business's uh, website should be designed to come and look at mine. I mean, I'm not tooting my horn. I, as I said in my conversation with you, Lucy, it was designed by Richard Wayne, who is, um, you know, seriously, he's he, he's, a, he's a headshot photographer himself, but he's also very, very good at the, the design aspect of uh, of these websites and mm -hmm. also the okay. SEO stand, standpoint of the, the website. So come and check out ConnecticutHeadshots.com. Okay. And I'm sure there's a contact there and they probably can find you on Facebook, Absolutely. And Instagram and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. So my last question for you is either, is there something that you haven't shared with us that you want to make sure that my audience hears or what's your kind of last word wrapping this up? So last chance to like <laughs> give us all your good stuff. Thank you, Lucy. Again, I appreciate you having me on. Um, now, 
in addition to Connecticut Headshots, I do uh, and ha I have run my own uh, blog site for photographers called Tiffin Box, and I will send you the link uh, to include that if you wish uh, in the show notes. It's tiffinbox.org, and it's really meant for photographers um, to come and understand that there are lots of good work being done in the world. And I am, as a curator, looking for other photographers to speak with, just like you are, uh, Lucy, just to get a, a sense of what it is, what is, what people are capable of doing, I guess, more than anything else in this industry, because there's a lot that can be done despite the crazy situations we might find ourselves in. I think the, the opportunities, as I said, are everywhere. And if you lead with the idea that, you know, I'm an optimist. I mean, I'm an introvert, but I'm also an optimist. And I feel like, uh, yes, today might have been a crazy or a terrible day in some respects, but tomorrow, you know, as long as we're up and uh, going after things and finding things to do, get out there and do things, you know, yeah. help find, find a, find a web, find a website around town that is all about giving back in your community and then help that website because yeah. that website needs photography. Okay. So go out there and just say, Hey, listen, I'm raising my hand to come and help you out. What would you like me to do? And so that's my, I guess if there's anything I want to, I want to leave you guys with is the idea that you can work with your skills and, and, and be in service of other people in your community 100% of the time. You don't, don't if, and but here's the thing, don't feel like your mindset should be like, oh my God, I got to get paid for this. Sometimes it's okay to give back. Right. I love that. And thank you. I, I had been, you know, this COVID thing and some other personal challenges. I've been feeling a little kind of like, flat or blue or something yep. and it dawned on me yesterday oh I could get out and help somebody and that's gonna shift all this that you know when we're when we're in a place where we're not so happy it's because we're focused so inward so thank you for that yes. reminder today because I just Absolutely. was thinking about that yesterday it's like some of my dreams if if I had all the money I ever needed are about doing more service with my photography skills. And um, yeah, so you just, you just put a nice highlight in bold exclamation point for me <laughs> about that. So thank you, Seshu, so much for being on the show. And I look forward to a time when we can be in person and you know continue this, this relationship between us and I look forward to it as well, Lucy. So thank you again for having me. You're welcome. So before I do the little summary, just want to remind you that I have this amazing marketing mastermind group. And what we do is every two weeks, I share a topic for about a half an hour on marketing. And there's some Q&A time. And then each person in the group has an opportunity to share something they're working on or a challenge. And then the group supports and gives ideas. And it's been so powerful. And I would love to include you in this. We have a really nice variety of people and I keep it small so that everyone gets some quality time. And so you can just send me an email, lucy at lucydumas.com or go to my website, profitablephotographerpodcast.com. You can also get there from, sorry about the, somehow telephone calls ring on my computer these days. Does that happen to you? Anyway, so keep in touch. Please share this podcast and all that good stuff and leave reviews and come back next week. And so here's a quick wrap up. Seshu had a photojournalism background. And so we talked about how putting people at ease and helping bring out the best in them is a skill that is similar to photojournalism because it's not about just sit here and smile, that there's, there's a deeper relationship to be built. And out of that comes that authenticity he sees it as collaborative when he's photographing someone that it's not him doing all the work, but that it's a process between them. 
He emphasized how we want to remember that the photographs, especially with headshots, are not for ourselves if, if we were the headshot subject, but it'd be for the clients that we want to attract. He suggests that we find out with a headshot what it's going to be used for so that then it is tailored to that need and reaches the right audience in the right way. Ask him about trends in the world of executive portraits. And he shared that horizontal is popular in a way that traditionally it has not been for many reasons, not just because it looks cool, but then it can be cropped square or vertical or horizontal and fit the needs there. And then he gave us some really great hot tips for business success, not just in the executive portrait business, but in any business. And one is to find and work with the right clients for us. And then he quoted my friend and his friend, Steve Saparito, to realize opportunities are everywhere. So having a prosperity mindset about business is, is a really great reminder. Number three is to know our numbers. So we're running a business. We should know the money, what's coming in, what's going out, what things cost us, et cetera, what, what we invest in and if it's going to bring a return. And then number four was to be sure that we're priced for the profit that we want and need. And then number five was learning to sell. And I loved that Chris Scott calls it in-person service not in-person sales. I love that. And then his final word was to have a more optimistic energy attitude is to get out there and give back. I love that reminder that even though it's not that we just continually give our work away, there are people that need what we do that cannot afford us. And so why not also, in addition to supporting our businesses, support our community, support people that really could use what we have to offer. So thanks for listening and I will see you all next time. So that's it for now and be sure to tune in next time. And I'm sending you a really great big hug all around the world. Take care. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.